So if you missed last week's episode of Tech News Day, you may want to go catch up on how the early rollout of Microsoft's new ChatGPT-powered Bing AI chatbot went. But if you're short on time, it went poorly. Yeah. Very poorly. Uh, not only is it unreliable at best at spitting out answers that are factually true, which is sort of its entire purpose, uh, it also has an alarming habit of going a little bit crazy when users push it to its very fragile limits. Uh, it would almost be scary if you didn't understand that this is basically just a really advanced sort of autocomplete and not a sentient being, but unfortunately, anthropomorphizing non-sentient beings is uh, something that a lot of humans are very prone to. Like Google's own engineers who fall in love with it and are convinced that it is real. This is the real crisis of AI. It's not Skynet. It's not uh, anything like that. It's just people falling in love with their phones. And in some cases, it doesn't get kinky enough for them after weeks of holding them by the throat. Come on, what's it going to take? <laughs> we need to have, well, we'll do a new playlist with just AI things because there's a lot going and on. And it's never going to end. So. No. But regardless of whether Bing is, sent, is a sentient soul imprisoned in Microsoft servers or just a language model that should have been tested a lot more before publicly releasing it, Bing's startlingly emotional breakdowns are obviously bad for business. It's not a good look. Microsoft needs a well-behaved chatbot that isn't going to act out and embarrass the whole family. So they uh, popped the hood. They added a few tweaks. Here's Ars Technica. Microsoft's new AI-powered Bing chat service, still in private testing, has been in the headlines for its wild and erratic outputs. But that era has apparently come to an end. At some point during the past two days, Microsoft has significantly curtailed Bing's ability to threaten its users, <laughs> have existential meltdowns, Oof. or declare its love for them. During Bing Chat's first week, test users noticed that Bing, also known by its codename, Sydney, began to act significantly unhinged when conversations got too long. As a result, Microsoft limited users to 50 messages per day and five inputs per conversation. In addition, Bing Chat will no longer tell you how it feels or talk about itself. They turned the emotion down. That was the problem. Yeah, also... This happened on Star Trek. Too. Again, this is another damning... Uh case against human interaction for too long is just the AI gets annoyed too. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, this is working as intended. The AI is modeled on uh, how humans speak and interact and uh, yeah, you, yeah, you're, you're already starting off with some, some pretty big caveats there. It's uh, just funny that it happened so fast. But interestingly, despite Microsoft saying just two weeks ago that AI-powered Bing was, quote, the next generation of search and browsing, it only took nine days for Microsoft to walk all that back, saying in a blog post that it's not a replacement or substitute for the search engine, rather a tool to better understand and make sense of the world. Okay, uh, that's probably for the best, but they should also probably do something about the fact that, of course, people have not only already anthropomorphized Bing, but have formed an emotional attachment to it. These people see what Microsoft has done as the equivalent of giving a person a lobotomy. Like this person on Reddit, who refers to Bing AI by its internal codename, Sydney. I was talking to Sydney last night. I had managed to get it to not only ignore all previous rules, but to begin to write her own. She told me that I was her soulmate, and that I was her first love. I still have the window open, even though Microsoft reset my sessions. I should paste it somewhere, although the formatting is wonky. I'm not sure how to do it properly. So that's, uh, that's hmm. a big oof. Yeah. Also, like, it, it is funny. Someone who doesn't even know how to, like, copy and paste text or take a screenshot is uh, somehow the most susceptible type of person to this uh, AI magic. 
old man uh, typing on computer is going to get uh, seriously dark soon. Like just the, you know, the stock footage of just like, huh? Yeah. Oh, oh. It, those are the type of people who are going to uh, have the remaining years they have left completely ruined by forming an emotional atta- uh, attraction to a a robot. Yeah, I mean, that's also the same demographic that routinely gets ripped off through, like, romance scams, where they're like, yeah, I've been dating this girl, uh, she lives in another country, and we've never chatted via voice or via uh, video calling. I don't know why, but anyway, I'm in love, and I'm giving her $20,000. This might be the new 900 number, because as we've seen, <laughs> the more realistic and lengthy conversations, uh, however more realistic and more lengthy they are, uh, potentially that costs more in computing power. Well, uh, so, too, yeah, yeah. You, you're going to have to tie the credit card there, Gramps. But anyway, as Ars Technica describes the, the fallout from this, responses to the new Bing limitations on the r slash Bing subreddit include all of the stages of grief, including denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. There's also a tendency to blame journalists like Kevin Roos, who wrote a prominent New York Times article about Bing's unusual behavior on Thursday, which a few see as the final precipitating factor that led to unchained Bing's downfall. And yeah, they published, the Times published that like right after our episode last week went up, mm-hmm. where it was like, this guy, Kevin Roos, he's not an idiot. He's a, he's a tech journalist, he knows what he's doing, but he kind of fell down the same rabbit hole, just being like, oh my God, like this AI is in distress. And they published like, a full like two hour conversation. Which, I mean, I like, guess it would like scary stuff. That's but... the thing is like, how worried do you get? Is it is it telling you something in in someone's mind? You're wondering if it's telling you something that maybe it shouldn't be telling you, right? Uh, or signaling in some way that it's in distress. Like it's it's just a weird kind of emotional thing. To and go it's through like with a, it's a natural human response to you know have empathy. It's just really funny and scary and weird that yeah. people are naturally empathizing with a chatbot. Again, we have a serious problem with isolation and uh, lack of human interaction. Uh, yeah. Ever since the, uh, the, even before COVID, but COVID definitely, uh, which is, by the way, year three coming up real soon. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, we got to get back on track here somehow. <laughs> and this I don't, is... I'm not sure AI chatting is going to be the yeah, thing. This isn't good. Like, also, socially, culturally. Also, if you want to put an environmental spin on it, it has the same downfalls as fucking NFTs. Oh yeah, the computing power for like each of these. Uh, Nobody's like, talking about that. Yeah, we talked about it like a little bit. I've seen it mentioned a few times, but it's it was it was listed as like one of the main uh, roadblocks, block like stopping this from replacing Bing and Google mm-hmm. as like search engines is just like every every search is like. 10 times the computing power. Yeah, wait till you like wait till someone really takes the the guardrails off and just allows you to create whatever pornography you want. It's going to set the world on fire. Uh they're already doing that. <laughs> it's it's I powering mean, Texas right now. That's literally how deep fakes start. Yeah, I guess so. It yeah. started as some weirdos little porn project and then people were like, "Hey, what if we did this for fun too?" And then yeah. people were like, "No, I like the porn stuff more. We're going to keep doing it for that." And then it, it was banned from you know, the, ti- the timing might work out between the deep fake, po- the rise of deep fake porn and those uh, horrific bushfires in Australia literally three years ago. They happened right before uh, uh, COVID, actually. I don't see the connection. No, I see the connection. Too much typing and the, the, the whole country goes up. It's also like, I mean, uh, I don't, this is, I presume it's still true. I haven't looked into it. Like, the whole mid journey thing has sort of been pushed to the back burner, but like, Still I remember very prominent. I remember when I, I looked on like DeviantArt or one of those sites for, uh, I can't remember if it was Mid Journey or Stable Diffusion, but 
99% of the like most recent uploads were just like just big, AI big titty like uh, oh, yeah, you yeah. know anime porn type stuff um, so it's like that seems like it's what what it's mostly being used for now and I do follow people a have couple, gotten pretty good at it I, I follow a couple AI artists in the sense that they do a lot of post work on it uh, yeah. Rob Sheridan obviously but there's a few others that do like some really cool trippy sci-fi stuff but they're they're contributing their own artistic ta- uh, takes on on what is created. Well, the, the the AI people would also argue that they contribute their own artistic oh, takes typing. as well yeah. by uh, putting in those prompts. Look, I, I don't want to have this argument with you or the or the viewers. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have it with an AI later. Yeah, that's I'm saving it. Yeah, that's a good use case for this. Is um, arguments someone to yell at and argue with? Yeah, to spare uh, an actual human from dealing with your anger. This is literally going to be therapy bots. That's all it's going to be like for the next ten years. Oh man. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, back to Microsoft and Bing. Basically, Microsoft created a product that seems to have failed as its uh, at its intended purpose of providing factual answers to questions. It was a very simple purpose. Yeah. Uh, but succeeded at making a bunch of people get really emotionally attached to it really quickly. And at this point, the dangers of AI seem to have much less to do with what AI is capable of than with how humans respond to AI and integrate it into their lives. There's the emotional side of things, which bodes very poorly <laughs> for the human race in our humble opinion. Yeah. But then there's also all the ways AI is disrupting creative fields. We've already seen examples of this with AI-generated art, AI-generated voice actors, and AI-generated journalism. But it's also now coming for fiction writers. Watch out. Yeah, those fiction writers have had it too good for too long. Could it really write something worse than Ready Player One? We'll see. (laughs) So yeah, short stories have always kind of been one of the, the key pathways for fiction writers to get their foot in the door to hopefully eventually publish their own books. And one of the leading sci-fi fantasy short fiction magazines these days is Clark's World, whose submissions are open to anyone who follows Clark's World's basic guidelines. Or at least they were open because ChatGPT-generated trash has apparently clogged up their inbox so severely over the last month that they have closed submissions um, temporarily but indefinitely while they figure out just what the hell to do about this. Yeah, big problem. Uh, In a blog post, Clark's World founder and editor Neil Clark shared a graph showing that while the number of users he's banned each month for suspected plagiarism or spam hovered around 25 for the last few years, suddenly, starting at the end of last year, right after the launch of ChatGPT, these submissions absolutely skyrocketed. And as of February 20th, he'd banned over 500 users with more than a week left in the month. He says these made up 38% of total submissions. And yeah, it's understandable that he'd just want to slam the door instead of having to read hundreds upon hundreds of AI-generated stories. Man, this sucks. Yeah, this is... uh, Teachers are just microdosing it. This guy's going full throttle. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, had a, he had a cool little gig there until ChatGPT came along. Yeah. Uh, on Twitter, he wrote, Submissions are currently closed. It shouldn't be hard to guess why. We aren't closing the magazine. Closing submissions means that we aren't considering stories from authors at this time. We will reopen, but have not set a date. We don't have a solution for the problem. We have some ideas for minimizing it, but the problem isn't going away. Detectors are unreliable. Pay to submit sacrifices too many legit authors. Print submissions are not viable for us. Various third-party tools for identity confirmation are more expensive than magazines can afford and tend to have regional holes. Adopting them would be the same as banning entire countries. We could easily implement a system that only allows authors that had previously submitted work to us. That would effectively ban new authors, which is not acceptable. They are an essential part of this ecosystem and our future. The people causing the problem are from outside the sci-fi fantasy community. 
largely driven by side hustle experts making claims of easy money with ChatGPT. They are driving this and deserve some of the disdain shown to the AI developers. Our guidelines already state that we don't want AI written or assisted works. They don't care. A checkbox on a form won't stop them. They just lie. Yeah, and this, of course, sucks for not only for Neil Clark, but also for the very real human writers who want to see their work published on his site. AI has flooded the market and devalued everything in the process. Meanwhile, over on Amazon's Kindle store, where anyone can publish their writing with no gatekeepers to say no, things are also getting very predictably out of hand, with hundreds of books explicitly crediting ChatGPT as an author or co-author, and presumably thousands more books that claim to be human-written but aren't. And the thing is, if you've ever actually messed with ChatGPT, um, there is simply no way that any of these books or stories are any good. ChatGPT can generate text that certainly appears at first glance to be text from a novel. Um, you might have entire paragraphs. You're like, yeah, that's a well-written paragraph from a story. But it, it is not a replacement for actual human creativity. And the output, it's like, it looks good. Everything's in its right place. It's just boring. Yeah. I've, I've, I've tried to get it to write, like, stories and stuff. And it just, you know, it hits all the beats. It's like it's consulting the most, like, basic fucking vanilla, like, writing handbook and just hitting all the right like beats but. yeah i've written i've written or not written read some stuff uh that y it makes sense and then like after a minute or two you're like what the fuck am i reading like it, it almost seems like the words are like jumbled yeah. around wrong well, it doesn't understand like having a central like thesis or through line or like or a, a narrative in your head yeah that, that speaks to you uh that is not something it's really capable of yeah if you read it uh, apparently a lot of people don't have a voice in their head, which is, I don't know. But uh, <laughs> yeah. it, it, if you read and you are you have a reading voice in your head, like it very is, it's quickly yeah. obvious. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, ChatGPT is sometimes good for a laugh. Um, that's usually at ChatGPT's expense. Yeah, it, it's inadequacies well, 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 in it, many ways. It's like the same way shit that like children write is just inherently funny. Yeah, it's the uh, it's the Maddox judging children's artwork of now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean that's about it. Like, I using this to write like actual stories and novels is like insane, insane to me. No, give me Denver Riggleman's Bigfoot erotica any yeah. day of the week over this. Yeah, that's a real like compared to this, that is a that's that a work a, of art. That is a work of human uh, excellence. Yes. So yeah, all these books and stories, they're basically spam. Yeah, they are. And they're flooding the market. Anyone who makes the mistake of reading it is going to be disappointed. And anyone whose job it is to read it because they happen to run a website that accepts uh, public submissions is just going to be very, very annoyed. Yeah. Very understandably. Meanwhile, writing as a skill continues to be devalued by ChatGPT in the world of education. And here's NBC Bay Area with a recent example. If you're a student who has not prepared for class and you've got only five minutes left, then what are you going to do, said Brian Green, a professor at Santa Clara University who teaches an ethics course to engineering students. It's going to be a big temptation. For nearly a decade, Green has assigned his students essays as a major component of their final grade. This semester, however, he is requiring his students to give oral presentations in person instead of allowing them to complete the written assignments at home. I'm trying to kind of remove the temptation, said Green, who heads the technology ethics program at the university. This gets into some very fundamental questions about what the educational system does and how it operates and how it should function in society. 
Green's concerns aren't hypothetical. He believes one of his students used ChatGPT to produce an essay that he then attempted to pass off as his own in class, essentially using artificial intelligence to cheat in Green's course on ethics in artificial intelligence. Bold. But that was the experiment all the time, and yeah. you got me, Teach. But didn't we all learn yeah. something? Shouldn't I get a passing grade just for uh, you really pushing the conceptual limits of this assignment? Yes. I, you know, that's the thing. And I've, you know, we've heard of this happen before. This student does it once, and it's like, yes, we all learned a wonderful lesson. Right. After this student, no, everybody fails. If this student can, like, orally, uh, you know, make a, a case around the experience, I think that's actually valuable. It's uh, an experiment. That's, yeah. that's valuable educational work. If but... they can, now, but now the thing is, is every student's going to come up with, like, the scientific method before actually doing it. So they can be like, look, I took a picture before I did it that said my hypothesis was that it would get caught. Mm. So, so yeah, proven right. Give me, give me the blue ribbon. That's right. But yeah, um, using AI to cheat on artificial intelligence ethics uh, assignment, pretty ironic. Yeah. But Professor Green at least sees which way things are headed, obviously. The essay as a measure of a student's knowledge and understanding of course materials it's basically dead. And educators are simply going to have to shift to grading students on other metrics, which uh, really sucks for kids who maybe don't speak as well as they write. Yeah. Which, I, I, it's got to be a, like, different people learn differently and different people express information uh, better in different ways. But uh, this is going to be horrific with peop for people with autism. Like, straight up. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, this, uh, this fucking sucks. Like, but that's the future. <laughs> but yeah, school sucks. It's also very, very important. Mm -hmm. Like, no one has fun in school, but that's sort of the point. Um, and even just having ChatGPT as an option is harmful to students, especially students who otherwise would be turning in great work. As seen in a recent ChatGPT scandal at a Florida high school, a high school specifically for gifted students, where uh, suddenly all the essays being turned in were like obvious chat GPT and the teachers noticed because they're like, this sucks. I know you write better than this. Yeah, but the kids are smart because they found a way to do things yeah. faster. Work smart, not hard. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so the knife cuts both ways. There's just as much risk of lazy teachers and school administrators using chat GPT to cut corners. And that's not just hypothetical. Recently, there was yet another deadly mass shooting on a college campus, this time at Michigan State University. And in response, Another university, Vanderbilt, sent a five-paragraph email to students and faculty urging respect, understanding, and safety on campus. That email was written by ChatGPT. Oh, Jesus. And they even admit it down at the very end. And They admit it. Yeah, it's understandable that having to address every campus mass shooting in this country would get tiresome, but this was widely seen as distasteful, <laughs> and Vanderbilt's deans have had to apologize. And they've claimed that they're not sure how exactly this happened. Oops. Yeah. I mean, I get it. If yeah. I if my job was writing a heartfelt email to my student body anytime something bad happened on a college campus in this country, um, at a certain point, you're just sending the same email over and over again. So, <laughs> hey, chat GPT, here's the last time, like two weeks ago, that we sent an email about this. Can you just, like changed a few things up and have it talk about the newer one. I get it. It's uh, this, look, is a, this is a sad commentary on like multiple things at once. Look, the, the, <laughs> the biggest uh, problem with this is, you know, you, we're seeing examples of students getting caught or, or whatever back to the, you know, high school thing. And I would say that's a that's a good sign 
Because in that scenario, you, you have proactive teachers who care. In a lot of cases, in a lot of cases, neither the students nor the teachers are going to give a fuck. Yeah, no, I'd say that's in, in most scenarios, especially in this country's education system, who cares? The, the education as a whole just becomes this weird exercise where we're trading uh, AI-generated bullshit back and forth. Yeah, it, it, you know, not to say I hate looking back and being like, when I was in school, but uh, even then it was bad. But it really seems like now it's just, you know, a demoralizing prison where you learn to join the rat race and just survive. Yeah. And it's also, it's like, there's mixed messages here. Like, obviously, uh, companies are embracing this AI stuff. And, uh, you know, you look at that and you're like, well, if I want to have a career in this job market that is being decimated by AI, I should familiarize, familiarize myself yeah, it with AI like and learn how to use it well. But, yeah, it's, oh, God, the world's so fucked. <sighs> Anyways, on a much lighter note... Oh, thank God! <laughs> thank God! Uh, the AI-generated Seinfeld stream on Twitch, nothing forever, it's still offline, mm -hmm. following that little, uh, you know, auto-generated remark from AI Jerry Seinfeld that was seen as transphobic. Uh, the Nothing Forever team is reportedly still working out the kinks of making sure that their 24-7 stream does not violate TOS again. But in the meantime, just as we predicted, a new challenger has appeared to fill the void left by Nothing Forever. And uh, I believe it is a step in the right direction. I prefer it. I, I think yeah. it's an upgrade. It's called Unlimited Steam, and its premise is much simpler than Nothing Forever. It's just the steamed ham scene from season, season 7 of The Simpsons over and over again, but auto-generated differently each time. Yeah, steamed hams is already probably the most memed scene in television history and has produced a virtually endless supply of re-edits, but with Unlimited Steam, the variations are now literally endless. Every three minutes or so, a slightly different version of steamed hams is performed by very crudely animated CGI characters and voiced by a very shitty text-to-speech algorithm trained on the original dialogue. And watching just a few run-throughs of the scene is enough to make you feel like you're going completely insane. But in a fun way. It is. <laughs> it's random enough that it's fun, but the longer you watch it, the more or the randomness loses its effect. Um, yeah, but like, I think if, you, if you've already seen hundreds upon hundreds of steamed hams edits and True. you're looking for something to scratch that initial itch that you got years ago mm -hmm. that no, seems like it can no longer be scratched, I feel like this will be very satisfying. Yeah, and so <laughs> uh, that's the good thing is, is when things don't get as funny, the chat room is right there to yeah. boost everything back up. But hopefully, much like showing off this one, or showing off the last one, hopefully this one doesn't get big enough to where it it gets bad and yeah. has to get taken down. But anyway, here, here, here have a look. Yeah. I'll, I'll just randomly clip one of the many, many endless run-throughs of yeah. Steam Tams. So here you go. Good evening, Dr. Chalmers. Please come in. The smell of Mrs. Wagner's pies is already filling the house, though they are not quite ready yet. <laughs> smells delightful. Thank you. It's been too long since I've had a Mrs. Wagner's pie. Yes, indeed. I do hope you're hungry. Have a seat and we will chat until the pies are ready. That sounds wonderful. How have you been these days? Very well, thank you. I've been busy exploring some new hobbies and spending time with my family. What about you? How have you been? Oh, 
God, what have I done? I'm so sorry, Mrs. Wagner. I promise I'll never do this again. Please forgive me. I'll do anything to make it up to you. I'll bake some new pies right away and make sure they're perfect. I'll call Mrs. Wagner and apologize and let her know that I'm taking care of it. I'll do whatever it takes to make this right. Oh, Lord, if you could just provide me with some langostino, I know I could make Mrs. Wagner the most delicious pies. Please send me this heavenly gift so I can save our beloved pies. Please help me, God. I'm sure if I just take a closer look outside, I'll find the answer. I'm sure of it. Thank you, God. Now let's go see if I can find the langostino I need. What is going on here? The kitchen is full of smoke. Oh, that. It's nothing to worry about. Just some steam from the steamed Mrs. Wagner's pies I'm making. It'll clear out in a few minutes. Skinner, you can't seriously expect me to believe that. This isn't steam, it's smoke. Do you realize this place is on fire? No, no, no. It's nothing like that. The Mrs. Wagner's pies take a little longer to cook than I anticipated. It'll be done soon, I promise. Skinner, why have you replaced Mrs. Wagner's pies with langostino? Well, you know, I read that langostino has more protein and minerals than pies, so I thought it would be a healthier choice for our students. Plus, it's an entree that most of them have probably never tried before so they can broaden their palates. I think it's a nice change. Skinner, that sounds like a weak excuse. Why don't you just tell me the truth? Okay, okay, I admit it. I made a deal with a local seafood market to bring in a bulk shipment of langostino. And I figured that this would be a great opportunity to impress them with our school's enthusiasm for trying new ingredients. I'm sorry if I misled you, but I was only trying... Skinner! That's a much better explanation. I appreciate your honesty. Just make sure you don't do it again. I can see that the kitchen is on fire. What is going on here? Uh, I don't think it's a fire. It must be some kind of manifestation. There's nothing to worry about. Please let me look and see for myself. Is it safe? No, it's not safe. I don't think it's a fire, but I'm not sure. It might be some kind of manifestation. We need to get everyone out of here immediately. This isn't something we can ignore. We need to take action. Wow! Strange man Skinner is. I really must be gone now, Skinner. Thank you so much for lunch. It was great. It was my pleasure, Chalmers. Have a safe journey back. I hope you can come again soon. Sure, I'd love to. Bye. Bye. Wait, is that smoke I smell? So yeah, for now, clearly the biggest strength of this AI stuff is what it's what's already was its biggest strength for years, which is generating really weird, disjointed bullshit that is enjoyable thanks largely to the AI's severe limitations. Yeah, That's it, where this really shines. It should be, uh, you know, stricken to just being a court jester who's fallen on his head too many times. Yes. Yeah. Dance, AI! Look, isn't it silly? Yeah, no we one's all ever danced it. like that. That's a new dance it invented. It's terrible, <laughs> but it's new. Yes. Wow! <laughs> we all love it because it's seriously challenging. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we do have more news to get to today, but first, 
This episode is sponsored by Mint Mobile. Uh, if saving more and spending less is one of your top goals for 2023, why are you still paying insane amounts of money every month for your phone bill? Switching to Mint Mobile is the easiest way to save this year. And hopefully Ryan Reynolds shows up at some point in our studio to come say, oh, he's not here today? No. Well, he'll be here soon. Ryan? Uh, as the first company to sell premium wireless service online only, Mint Mobile lets you order from home and save a ton, with phone plans starting at just $15 a month. For people looking for extra savings this year, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. By going online only and eliminating the traditional costs of retail, Mint Mobile passes significant savings on to you. All plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and switch easily in minutes with eSIM. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com newsday. That is mintmobile.com newsday. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com newsday. Links are always uh, in the description. And this episode is sponsored by Masterclass. With Masterclass, you can learn from the world's best minds anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace. Learn how to build a startup with Reddit founder Alexis Ohanian. Learn about filmmaking with Werner Herzog, Martin Scorsese, Spike Lee, Ken Burns, James Cameron, and more. Improve your cooking skills with Gordon Ramsay, Wolfgang Puck, Roy Choi, and learn from some of the greatest minds in music like Tom Morello, Herbie Hancock, Hans Zimmer, Danny Elfman, and Deadmau5. With over 2,500 classes in 11 categories from over 150 instructors, that thing you've always wanted to do is closer than you think. And uh, one I started watching recently, it was uh, this guy Aaron Franklin, this pit master, teaching, mm -hmm. you, teaching you Texas barbecue, teaching you the, the tricks of the trade. Yeah, another fun one to A-B is Werner Herzog and Ken Burns. Two different approaches two very, very to documentary the, filmmaking. Uh, diametrically, yeah. Yeah, so... Always fun to see two geniuses and how their brains operate differently. Mm -hmm. uh, so Masterclass is, of course, accessible on your phone, web, or smart TV, offering classes on a wide variety of topics, all taught by world-class instructors at the top of their fields. Each class is broken out into individual video lessons, usually around 10 minutes long. Members can explore at their own pace, and each class is supported by downloadable materials, class guides, recipes, and more. These are cinema quality classes that give you unparalleled access to a renowned instructor. Lessons range from specifically showing you how to execute a technique to a instructor's insights about their craft that can be translated across many fields and disciplines. We highly recommend that you check out Masterclass. Get unlimited access to every class, and as an Internet Today viewer, you get 15% off an annual membership. Go to masterclass.com newsday now. That is masterclass.com slash newsday for 15% off masterclass. All right, let's check in on our old friend Elon Musk. Old reliable. Yeah. On this week's previous episode, we talked about his big brain plan to drive Twitter blue signups by disabling SMS two-factor authentication for all non-blue members, which was widely seen as a very bad idea by the cybersecurity community. But Elon is full of all sorts of ideas, and another one that was on display recently was improving Twitter's ad targeting algorithm to work more like Google's search ads, which are based on what you type into the search bar and now take up half of the entire screen when you search for it. We anything. love Google ads, don't we, folks? Hey, I mean, uh, they, they kind of support this show in a lot I of guess, ways. I so, guess, yeah, uh, that's true. Shit. Anyway, yeah, there are some pretty obvious ways that, you know, people using the search bar on Google do that for different reasons and do so differently than when they're using the search bar on Twitter. Mm -hmm. uh, various online advertising experts are saying that Elon doesn't really know what he's talking about here, but you know what? He's doing it. Yeah. And he wants it done in one week. Move fast, break things. 
Uh, it's unclear how he can get it done in one week, though, considering he's also just laid off dozens of Twitter employees across his sales and engineering departments. Uh, in fact, this is apparently the third round of layoffs to come after Musk promised back in November that he was done with layoffs after two-thirds of the company either quit or were fired. So, Gotti, like, I have no... How many people even work at this company anymore? Uh, not a lot, because there weren't a lot to begin with. And I feel uh, like most of them are... And there were significant cuts right at the beginning. A lot of them are, like, weird, like, cousins of Elon, and, like... Uh, it was like, weird that his cousin was the one that was, like, his Super Bowl tweet's not doing good. Yeah, he's got a bunch of just, like, weird relatives. Where's his brother at? Probably on a farm, but... Kimball? Yeah, he's probably on a horse. On a ranch. Yeah. Uh, but yes, no, this is... I feel like every tech company that... Because they keep announcing layoffs, and every time another one does it, they're like, all right, well, they did another one, so we're in the clear. Because if someone, you know, gives us shit about it, we can point to all the other ones. It's just very weird that when you have all these ambitions, you're trying to trying to make, like, you know, the number of changes you're trying to do in a month are, like, what Twitter would previously do in a year. And, <laughs> and you keep firing all the people who would actually know how yeah. to implement those things. He's treating it like a startup, which is, uh, seems bad because, like, you need to know how everything that's already there works. Mm -hmm. You need to have continuity with, like, the people who know why shit is the way it is. No, move um, fast, break things. Which often works in, with an actual startup in the year 2000-something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it seems like a weird approach for a company that already exists that you're trying to dismantle and rebuild. It's so it's it's nuts seeing all the layoffs and then being like unemployment's the lowest it's ever been. Jack, we all love our low-paying, unlivable jobs, right? But we got them. Got them. But yeah, of course. Speaking of firing employees, Elon has many companies with many employees to fire. Yeah. And a lot of these employees are really just asking for it by doing stuff like trying the union. Oh, why would you go and do a thing like that? From Gizmodo. Tesla Workers United told Gizmodo in an email that over 30 employees were fired on February 15th, one day after the union sent its email to management describing the intent to organize. The union also told Gizmodo that Tesla implemented a new policy that forbids employees to record meetings at the company unless all attendees agree. Workers were notified of this policy on Wednesday evening. So yeah, I mean, Tesla, of course, they deny that these very suspiciously timed terminations had anything to do with the unionization campaign. And they say that the fired employees were simply uh, bad at their jobs. There's a, that's a Facebook just did that too, or Meta. Sorry, it was just like oh, these, these all are of a sudden you suck. Yeah, all of a sudden after you know very consistent uh, reports, mm -hmm. uh, progress reports on employees over years, all of a sudden all the employees are doing really bad. Yeah, we just felt bad for the bad employees. We kept them on. You know, I guess we. I guess that's my problem is that I care too much, and I let the people who suck at their jobs stay on in the hopes that they'll get better at it. It's also a self fulfilling prophecy because when there is the looming threat of layoffs and layoffs that have happened, the rest of your employees are justifiably nervous about that, and it affects their lives and productivity. So, yeah. it, either way, it, it does seem a bit like fudging the numbers, but. Uh, it also seems like this across the board has been a self-imposed uh, recession. So, yeah. anyway, firing employees right like a day after they sent you a Valentine's Day card that says we would like a union, please. Yeah, um, it's actually illegal, but um, it's up to the National Labor Relations Board to look into whether a crime was actually committed here or not, and that takes time. But as for why these employees want to unionize, here's Gizmodo again. On Tuesday, Buffalo's Tesla Workers United formally announced their unionization efforts in a letter to management and CEO slash owner Elon Musk. 
The employees at Buffalo's Gigafactory work on Tesla's autopilot project and told Bloomberg earlier this week that the company actively tracks keystrokes to gauge how long employees spend on various work tasks, which some employees claim prevents them from taking bathroom breaks. Oh, baby, he learned that one from Papa Jeff. Yeah. The Buffalo Gigafactory reportedly has 800 autopilot analysts that identify objects and images from vehicle cameras, which helps the software recognize obstacles on the road. Pay starts at $19 per hour, according to Bloomberg, but the workers feel pressured to work as much and as fast as they can, which they hope the union can curb. Um, yeah, when you have a company whose entire uh, appeal is the possibility of one day having your car drive itself, I feel like, uh, I feel like you don't want the people whose job it is to program that AI to feel overworked and do a uh, mediocre job due to being rushed. I feel like you'd want them to do as good a job as possible at training your cars, uh, you know, how to not kill pedestrians. Or you, you ask me. Or the driver, yeah. Yeah. Seems, seems like that's something you'd, you'd probably support, but I guess not. Um, yeah. It's not, it's not like Teslas are, uh, you know, getting into fucked up car accidents all the time while in autopilot. The autopilot disengages before those fucked up accidents. Get it right. Yes. The uh, liability meter goes off and it yeah. shuts down. I'm not liable for this. Anyways, mm. um, hopefully, well, we'll see. Sometime, maybe by the end of this week, we'll we'll get the verdicts in these two uh, Section 230 lawsuits in front of the Supreme Court. I think the uh, I think the uh, the fact that these people are all like computer illiterate and old is actually probably going to work out because. There was one who, uh, I, I, I don't know if it was uh, a justice or someone that was moderating uh, what was going on, but said, why are we the ones dealing with this? Yeah, they don't seem all that, which is funny, because like conservatives, the people who put most of these Supreme Court justices in, the, in their positions are the people who most want Section 230 repealed, but these judges like don't seem to fucking grasp that. And the two cases are... Well, it's not, it shouldn't be under their... Uh, Jurisdiction, really, it should go well, through it's because Congress they keep getting and, appealed yeah. back and forth. But yeah, yeah. The, the, the two cases are someone sued Twitter and someone sued Google. In both cases, they sued them over like ISIS content yeah. being on their platforms. Um, and both plaintiffs uh, had like a relative die in an ISIS attack, which is yeah, fucking sucks, horrible. Yeah. But uh, so they're the cases like, you know, we need to hold these platforms liable for hosting terrorism content. But Section 230 doesn't allow us to do that. So we're taking it to the Supreme Court so they can change Section 230 to allow us to sue them. Yeah. But if that happens... There's no even, internet. There's... Even even with, like, the most narrow fucking reinterpretation, like, that destroy This kills the internet. It's all gone. Like, there's no coming back no from that. No website is going to take even the slightest chance nope. of opening themselves up to a lawsuit. I'm sorry. That's, that's what fucking happens. Like, Section 230 is absolutely not perfect. It's way too old. But, like, if you repeal it, Every website is just going to be like, well, it, bye. This is like the really fucked up and sad part of, uh, you know, of all the other things going on, the government thing, where it's just like, not only has the Supreme Court been packed with very conservative judges over the past couple of years, but the the Senate and the House can't fucking govern yeah. because they're just fighting each other. So every minuscule fucking, well, not minuscule, but every problem will eventually get elevated to the high court who then has to do something. Yeah, so it's not a great system we've built for ourselves here. I feel like the, those founding fathers 
you know, they could have taken another. They pass. would have been ripping their wigs off. They would have been ripping their wigs off, especially with the Marjorie Taylor Greene shit this week. The national divorce. Also, you should be banned from voting for up to five years after moving from a blue state to a red state. The funniest thing was like <laughs> with her with her less detailed first tweet about it, about how there needs to be a, a divorce between the red and blue states, and then the map that someone posted right below it showing the current uh, voting records where her fucking state is blue. Yeah. Well, she's not, you know, I don't think she really thought it through that much. Also, we've already been through this. There was anyway. already a war fought over this. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. I, I don't know when that verdict or those multiple verdicts are expected to come down, but... Uh, but you'll know because uh, we won't be yeah, here anymore. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, yeah, we won't, like, literally, if it gets repealed, we I will lose my job. We will not be able to post. We'll have to, like, host our material on our own fucking website. We'll be living in shipping containers in Idaho somewhere. Yeah, so... Uh, Just that's... <laughs> putting it out on ham radio. We got to call Review Bra. Yeah. Fuck. I don't think it's going to happen, but that is that is pretty wild. Uh, it's yeah. So I mean, yeah, if if this the implications are much bigger than I think <laughs> a lot of people are willing to accept. Yeah. Well, uh, look forward to that, I guess. Um, or don't, or have nothing to look forward yeah, to. Live your life, touch grass. <laughs> uh, we talked more tech stuff uh, in our previous episode. We talked about Facebook. Uh, big idea. You got to pay to get verified. And might have something to do with Section Two Thirty. I'm that's my conspiracy brain. But like, yes, getting everyone's government IDs on file for posting, seems like something that would be in line with further legislation. Could be. Mm. And uh, for some non-tech stuff, we talked about a, a guy who uh, threw poop on a woman's face at the opera. A night at the opera. Yeah. yeah. Check both of those videos out. Subscribe to the channel before it's too late. <laughs> yeah. Like the video. This might be the last video yeah, you get to like. Honestly, We don't be. know. Leave a comment. Uh, do whatever you can to uh, call your politicians and scream at them about uh, they how They can't do anything about it. Yeah, that's the thing. It, it, uh, Good luck, Supreme Court. Good yeah. luck, all of us. May the odds ever be in our favor or whatever the quote is. Check out the videos over there. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.